Hey everybody, this is Robert Spiewak, host of 24 Flames Per Second. Uh, as we are finding our way through these teenage episodes, uh, we got more content warnings for you. Um, this episode contains discussions of teen suicide. If you need someone to talk to, the National Suicide Hotline is available at 1-800-273-8255 or the Trevor Project Hotline for LGBTQIA help at 1-866-488-7386. Uh, everybody and so yeah um, just a heads up about the content of this episode uh, for those that keep listening enjoy the show on this week's episode we play strip croquet with Heathers should high school be worse than real life did Otho from Beetlejuice become the priest in this movie and are we all Heathers deep down inside? Find out now you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 24 Flames Per Second. This is Christian Slater. I'm here guest hosting today, and uh, it's the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. It got kind of it got deeper in my in my throat. <clears> throat> it's not. Uh, I was trying to stay up there, but he's too he's too unique. Christian Slater is too unique for me. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Robert Spiewak, as always, host of the show. Uh, and uh, welcome to our uh, Heather's episode this week as we continue our themes of um, all the uh, angles and dimensions of being a teenager uh, in America, I guess, or in the 80s or well, over the last couple of decades. Let's put it that way. Um, we're doing teenage movies for the past couple episodes, keeping that going with Heather's this week. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody, welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we sh before we get into the show show, um, just uh, Patreon updates for y'all. Um, I think this week there should be a hot take. We owe you a hot take, Patreon folks. So, um, so yeah, everybody, that's our movie reviews. Used to be right when we walked out of the theater. Now it's more of a whenever we turned off the streaming machine. So, um, yeah, everybody, we don't. I don't know what it's going to be. I haven't decided yet. Whatever's releasing uh, very soon, maybe there was Bill and Ted Face the Music was on my calendar, but I think that got pushed. So I'll have to consult the internet. Um, but but yeah, everybody, if you want to get in on that or drink alongs, we got more coming this summer to catch us back up. Um, head to Patreon.com/slash24FlamesPod, and uh, you can help support uh, our our little show here and. Um, also, just get a bunch of goodies. There's a bunch of stuff up there now. Um, so, yeah, go and go check that out. Um, but, yeah, this week we're talking about Heathers, and uh, we got so many things to uh, to talk about. We're just going to dive right on in. We got a head-to-head, -head, um, you know, a real Veronica versus insert one of three Heathers here. Um, so, uh, yeah, it should be, should be good stuff. Um, we'll, uh, we'll dive right in. Um... Starting with, across the uh, proverbial table from me this week, the uh, the ham and cheese to my turbo dog, <laughs> Casey Rom. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Um, I was having some technical difficulties, so I'm happy to be here. Happy I got on the 
There's something on the pod. Something about this episode. Um, everybody's yep. had technical difficulties, which, you know, we made it. We did it. It's because uh, 1989 is an elusive year for whatever reason. Um, but but yeah, no. I was born. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Could have been it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, anyways, it's great to, uh, great to have you here. Um, did you watch the movie this week? I did. I have actually never seen this movie, so this was a wow. first-time watch. I, I wanted to be on this episode specifically so that it would force me to watch the movie finally. There you go. Um, well, first-time viewer, what do you know? Um, I know that there is a lot of... Uh, pop culture references that come out of this movie. Mm. Um, some of them, well, that come out or go into it's, it's very like aware of its era um, yeah. and other people are aware of it. So one that I found interesting was that um, the girl band, the Veronica's got their name from the character Veronica because she oh. says the line, I'm not a Heather, I'm a Veronica. Nice. Um, and so they must have identified with that. Um, and also that the, the song, that fictitious song, Teenage Suicide, parenthesis, Don't Do It. Don't do it. Yeah. It's a spoof of an actual song by Queen that I've never heard of. Oh, it's. Don't Cry Suicide. That song's so good, by the way. The Queen song. I'm going to have to look it up. It's on their first album. Yeah, it's, um. Um, it's good. It's like it's maybe too jaunty for what it is about, but um, but it's it is good. <laughs> There's actually a song, a more recent like kind of upbeat techno song, I would say, um, called "Suicide," and the the chorus is "Suicide is not for me," but it's like sure. it's also very upbeat. And every time I hear it, I'm like, this is a little weird. But I think that <laughs> kind of fits for this movie. The whole movie has a weird, you know, juxtaposition of tones. It's very dark. And very funny. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that I really liked is that the characters of Veronica Sawyer and Betty Finn, who are friends, are um, named after fictional friends Veronica and Betty from Archie, and then Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Oh, nice! I didn't even. I guess other than the Heather's, I did not clock any other last names. Yeah. But, but that's that's tight. Um, wow. Well, very good. That's all good stuff. Um, more than I knew. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Sweet. Um, yeah. and so yeah, all that being said, let's uh jump in, introduce our our head to head this week. Starting with uh, we'll start with our roaster, video game journalist, horror expert, and oh, dare I say, Pokemon expert. Now, ooh, you can find her on social media at Skatie B, Katie Bennett. Hi. Are you unqualified to be a Pokemon expert yet? You've been working there a while. I, you know, I, I think that's, it's a lifelong quest, um, to be the very best. Yes. So I'm not, it's, I'll always be working towards it. (laughs) Um, Um, I think a lot of us are. Yeah. Um, Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. I, I have, uh, you know, I have my slushy and my shoulder pads and a copy of Moby (laughs) Dick that I've been pouring over and underlining passages. Um, so yeah, I'm ready. Sweet. Well, um, it's very good to have you here. And uh, and on the defense this week, director of photography and Tracer find his work on social media at Grayson Arts. Russell, hey. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am uh, excited to get into this movie. Um, you know, I... Uh, 
I have this movie has been part of my life for a really long time, so I'm super excited about it. Sweet. Um, we're excited to uh, excited to dive in. And so first things first, you know how this goes. Movie in a minute. Give us the full plot synopsis of Heathers, spoilers and all. And we'll give you a 60 seconds and a three count. Are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. I like the sound of that. OK, um, well, here we go in three, two, one, go. So you've got Veronica and the Heathers, and uh, for whatever reason, Veronica is now kind of fed up with the way that the Heathers treat everybody, and so um, she's kind of starting to rebel. Um, we She meets JD, who's this, like, dark horse. Um, she goes to a frat party to... Um, supposedly hook up with this guy, but he's like a total douche. She drinks too much. She throws up, uh, she being Veronica. Heather um, says that she's going to ruin her life and like uh, embarrass her because of that. She plans, um, Veronica plans to uh, get revenge on Heather um, by making her throw up. JD tags along and switches Drano for um, that, or for the thing that she was going to have her throw up. Um, Killing her, they stage the suicide, and then they go on a rampage of fake suicides um, for all the people that have wronged them, um, culminating in... um, Veronica kind of having a little bit of a conscience and saying that she doesn't want to take part in anymore. She fixed her own suicide. You're out of time. I was was close. That was, yeah. Um, So yeah, we're up to, you know, Veronica being fed up with how uh, out of control JD is. Um, And so yeah, so she stages a suicide um, to kind of get him to leave her alone. Um, And so his plan is to blow up the school with dynamite. And uh, she, you know, goes into the school, confronts JD. They have a big fight um, to, you know, not do that. And uh, she or he ultimately blows himself up. Right. That's what happens. Yep. Yes. Um, And uh, I forget how much of this, how many people within the school actually get. Do none of them? They get all evacuated. Uh, the school doesn't actually blow up. Oh, okay. He just blows yeah. up. He blows up and um, she stands there with a cigarette in her mouth. That's right. That's why I always thought, I, I watched the dang movie, but I forgot how much of it gets all over her and how much of it actually blows up. Um, but but yeah, that's kind of the end of the movie. Um, and she's, you know, that classic shot of her with the cigarette covered in uh, schmutz. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but yeah. That is, uh, that is Heather's, everybody. And so we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will get uh, Russell's, your opening statements, while you're here defending Heather's. So uh, everybody, we will be right back. And we are back, everybody. Welcome back to our Heather's episode, um, which is, you know, just a... Uh, another step down the path of our teenage angst that we're going through this last month or so. Um, and right before the break, Russell made it up to Veronica's staged suicide, um, but no further, um, just like JD with their relationship. Um, and so, Russell, now let's get your opening statements. Why are you here defending Heather's? So I am defending Heather's because it is one of the quintessential cult 
um, cult films from the 80s. Um, and I think that it has a very strong message about what bullying can do um, for um, people who are the target of bullies. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it highlights the damage that can be done um, to those people, as well as um, the possible outcomes of what could happen from too much bullying. And I think that it is a good mirror and kind of a good reflection, um, especially uh, in today's society, about the um, uh, about how the dominant um, members of society tend to lash out and um, cause harm, uh, both um, for uh, like like explicit harm as well as implicit harm, hmm. um, and how that is damaging to people. Okay. Um, well, Katie, in starting to roast, um, you were uh, had some thoughts about kind of the writing of the movie, whether it was pacing, but also just kind of, you know, the characters that we're choosing to look at here. Yeah. So I get, yeah, we can start with characters. I think for me, well, obviously not a lot of these characters are very likable. And I think that's the, you know, that's the point of the movie. So I don't really have a lot of beef with that. I specifically struggle to understand Veronica's motivation throughout the movie, um, particularly from the beginning um, and I'll kind of get to that in, the, in a moment, but in general, I don't, I don't feel like I'm really on her side for much of this journey. And in fact, I'm constantly like questioning why she's doing the things that she's doing when she clearly is rational enough to see that she's making poor decisions. Um, but particularly I, I wonder, so at the beginning of the movie, it's, it's implied and that she, uh, used to kind of be kind of nerdy and had had these friends that weren't quote unquote cool. And it's implied that she has since then ditched her friends to be a part of this group of Heathers. And I don't, at no point does it seem clear to me what she has to gain from this. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like they're getting the, you know, the, the hottest, most popular boyfriends. I mean, they have those two like jock guys that are like obsessed with them, but they clearly aren't very interested in them. And nobody, everybody in the school is kind of scared of them. Like she even tells Heather at one point that everyone in the school thinks that she's a piranha. So I don't quite see enough of what kind of like status or, or benefits she's gaining by hanging out with all these girls that she hates. And so that kind of starts this process of me just not fully understanding her choices. Um, so that's kind of like the main thing to, to start out with for me. Okay. Um, so uh, one of the things that, um, you know, whenever I'm looking at this, um, this film uh, from a motivation standpoint on Veronica's side, like, I don't know whether you were popular in high school or not, um, but as somebody who was absolutely 100% not popular, um, there were um, times when, um, you know, people, I, I will I will be completely honest, used me um, it, as a punching bag, uh, both metaphorically and physically. Um, and I put up with that because I thought that that would help me uh, get friends and have people like me, right? So I think that it's, it's the 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 desire to be liked and to be part of the popular crowd, I think, is the motivation that Veronica has. Um, and I think that that's part of 
like I think that's part of some people's high school and and elementary school experience, um, and I think like I think that's why like her motivation is sort of clear, um, at least from the standpoint of why she's friends with Heather's, uh, with the Heather's. Um, I I will actually ask a question um, a, about her motivation because there's there's a piece that is not seen on screen. Is why is she fed up with them at that point? Like what happened right before the movie started mm-hmm. that caused her to start kind of questioning the way that they treated people and the way that. Um, and so, like, that's the piece that that maybe I question. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, like, I understand Veronica's motivations for being friends with the Heathers. I, I think I I can understand that that motivation. I just feel like it wasn't exemplified enough in the movie. I feel like they just it, they just focus on this kind of amorphous idea of popularity, but I don't actually see it. I don't feel like anybody in the school particularly likes her more or like they're not getting all of these extra perks and like being invited like I mean they do go to like a college party but it's not like I don't know I guess I would have wanted to see a little bit more of what she has to gain by being friends with Heather so that I could understand why she would put up with them being such bullies and them being so mean to everybody because it's pretty clear from the get-go that at least at the point where we start the movie while like you said we don't see exactly what has happened to like make her change her tune. We do see that she's at a point where she's, you know, fed up with them. Um, so, but yet she still stays for quite a bit until she meets JD and starts to realize that there could be another way out. There's another option. Um, so that was just, I don't know. That was just me as far as that goes. That's fair. Like, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that the movie isn't necessarily focused on on the relationship between the uh, between Veronica and the Heather's, um, more so as they are uh, they really kind of to me they symbolize the um, the cutthroat nature of of, of society, um, especially like in the eighties uh, and nineties. Um, we see a lot of kind of like excessive materialism and excessive um, uh, move towards capitalism, uh, like uh, move towards excessive capitalism. It's kind of the beginning of what we're um, the the reckoning that we're having now. Um, and so I think that that's kind of what they represent. Uh, you can kind of see that based on the way that they dress, the fact that they are all affluent, uh, affluent Um and uh, and so I think I think they're not really supposed to be characters as so much as they are concepts. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think hmm. I think what's interesting about that is that you know maybe this is more a comment on the fact that this is just not aged well and is uh, less relatable than it was in the time. I was not alive in 1988, so my interpretation of society at the time is just based on like hearsay and and stories and whatnot. Um, But I feel like the whole thesis of this movie, like it's trying to say like, oh, high high school reflects society in a way, like the the, the way that people can be cruel and cutthroat um, and, you know, rude and hateful to each other in high school reflects how people treat each other in real life. And 
of course, this is just speaking from my own personal experience, but I just feel like that's a really inaccurate, really um, oversimplified summary of what society is and how society functions. Um, first of all, they're trying to make this you know, statement about society, about, you know, this grand statement about society, while they're only showing me a very tiny part of society by focusing in on this predominantly white, wealthy American high school. Um, And then on top of that, I just feel like in my experience, like, even college was vastly so different than than high school. And in my personal life, I don't feel like I've seen people treat each other remotely as, as horribly as they treated each other in high school. Um, obviously I know that there's exceptions to that and people are still awful to each other as adults. Um, but I feel like it's really like nihilistic and kind of overly negative to just be like, Oh, well, high school is a mirror for society. Like I just, I don't know. <laughs> hey, that was a pretty good Christian Slater. I've been practicing. Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, so, I, you know, one of the things that, that um, you know, like, I I can't disagree with your interpretation of it. Um, you know, I I will say that I was alive uh, in 88, 89. Um, I was, I don't even feel like doing that math right now. Um, <laughs> it, but I, I will say that, um, you know, maybe they weren't trying to... Uh, like my interpretation of it is that they're not trying to make a grand statement about society as a whole. What they're trying to do is give a statement about a certain subsection of American culture, which is extremely materialistic, especially during this time. Um, and, um, and it, it is reflected in what they're showing us in that school. Um, I don't, even remember seeing a single person that wasn't white in the school, um, in the entire, uh, show, actually the entire movie. Um, I don't remember seeing anyone, um, who was a person of color. Um, and so like, I think it's, it's a very, a very specific choice that they're, that they're kind of targeting, um, essentially the, uh, the, mass consumerism of white American culture, affluent white American culture at that time. Um, that was, that's my interpretation. Mm-hmm. Now I, I did grow up in a not affluent, uh, uh, area of the country, but I did go to a private school. I did go to, um, and I was like one of the poorest students at the private school. Um, and so like, I saw a lot of the uh, the materialistic culture um, of that time period without being able to participate in it. Um, and so uh, I was able to critique it personally, um, but still want to be part of it because it was such a driving force. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think I think that makes sense. And I think that you know, maybe, maybe the movie wasn't intending on making a grand statement about society and maybe it's more about how viewers react to it. I can just see, I don't know, that kind of brings me to the subject of just JD as a character in general. I I feel like, um, the things that he says and the way he acts, it's pretty clear to me personally that the writer of this movie really likes that character and maybe, Hmm. I don't want to assume too much, but it, it seems that there are a lot of people who may want to, to, who may 
CJD is a very cool, likable character, some somebody that they'd want to aspire to because he says all the cool things and he's edgy and not part of society. Um, and to me, I mean, I guess that wasn't quite the trope that it is now back then, but it's very eye roll inducing to me. <laughs> um, and I feel like the things that he says about society are just so uh, generic. And maybe that's why I feel like people may try to apply those statements to society as a whole and not see the very specific part of society that they're kind of poking fun at here. Um, but yeah, they, they give JD a lot of the cool lines. Um, he says things that edgy 17 year olds would like put in their Twitter bio and then (laughs) potentially internalize and carry through the rest of their life. I don't know. It's like kind of in the same vein as like a Tyler Durden type character. Um, and it's hard for me to it's hard to me for me to think about this movie without thinking of all the characters like that that came after so it's you know i can't really super fault the movie for that um but to me that feels very tired like it's just not interesting to me and i struggle to understand what exactly about him is so appealing that veronica would continue to let herself be pulled into these situations where somebody ends up being murdered because of him. Um, So yeah, that's kind of a ramble, but in general, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of his character and I don't find him particularly compelling or interesting. I mean, that's, that's again, that's a fair critique. Um, I think that a lot of characters um, uh, that came later um, were sort of like he sort of was a, a, a like, um, prototype, uh, for lack of a better term, um, like the prototypical uh, version of the the cool, witty, like, and, and cool as in quotes, um, you know, witty, disaffected youth um, that we see in a lot of movies. Um, I, I definitely think that there's strains of him uh, that seeped into Tyler Durden um, you know, um, uh, of course. Now I'm not. I'm drawing a blank on like any other character. I also could not think of a single character. other character like that, even though I know that it, I just got done <laughs> saying it was a trope. But you know. <laughs> well, I mean, like, okay, so he, like uh, Heath Ledger's character in Ten Things I Hate About um, You to get back to the high school right. thing, like you can see like the str- like the strands of of DNA coming off of Christian Slater into Heath Ledger. Oh, uh, what's his that name? Phrasing wise, uh, that's Timothy not... Chalamet and Lady Bird. We just did that one too. <laughs> exactly. So, yes. like, like I, I think there's definitely strains of, of of this character that has kind of evaded or invaded um, the subconscious enough to influence other characters that came later. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe. Maybe the idea is that there's these chaotic characters that shake up the lives and mentality of the protagonist, but I don't know. It just just didn't do it for me. Um, And I think overall, I just have a hard time um, because of JD and because of other actions, uh, you know, that she chooses to take. I, I just have a hard time relating to or feeling bad for Veronica. I feel like she's like I'm being asked to relate to like one of the most privileged people in the world. Like she's, she seems to be pretty wealthy. Like she goes to like a really nice school. She has all, she's smart. Um, she's clearly smart, well-read. She can write well. Like she has all of these resources at her fingertips and 
yet she chooses to just surround herself with the worst people in the world. And I don't even quite see, again, I'm, I'm still struggling to see what she has to gain by doing any of that. Um, so that kind of felt, it was just hard for me to like suspend disbelief for a lot of that. And I kind of think on that note, um, later on, like as the movie kind of goes on, it starts to become less interesting to me. And I feel like it's partially because the stakes don't feel very high at all. Like for a movie that's about murder and like faking teenage suicide and all this stuff. I mean, I know it's a comedy, um, but I don't feel at any point that they are in danger of getting caught. And even at the end, like, you know, Veronica lives and she she goes off to hang out with Martha. And I'm like, is anybody going to like some like I just feel like I've watched too much true crime <laughs> and it, I just find it really implausible that nobody is like, huh, all of this string of teen suicides of all people who are somehow connected in some way to this girl and no one's even like raising an eyebrow. And I mean, maybe that in itself is a comment on society um, itself, but it just kind of took me out of it. It makes the second half of the movie don't feel quite as strong as the first half. Right. One thing that I think is uh, probably the long-lasting effect of this movie is its quotability. Um, there's a lot of lines, like I said, this is my first time watching it, where I was like, oh, I've heard that before. So it's obviously been referenced you know, in something else. And so I'm wondering um, it, how both sides feel about the writing. Um, I mean, I think that some of the, the, the kind of catchy pop culture-y kind of way of speaking that all of these characters have to me doesn't feel realistic. It feels very theatrical. Um, that being said, you know, I can't, even from a roaster's perspective, I can't deny how funny a couple of these lines are. Um, it's just unfortunate that the worst people, the worst characters all seem to have the best lines. Um, like fuck me gen gently with a chainsaw is hilarious to me, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. Like it would be cool if like Martha had a cool line <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think that the the writing definitely like um, is a little overwrought. Um, you know, it it to me uh, like feels very similar to like how Juno feels um, very overwrought mm -hmm. in the way that everyone speaks, um, and especially the main characters, like the the Heather's in particular. Um, I think are. Um, uh, you know, like they definitely wordsmith that like a lot to kind of make it feel like like witty and 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 like clever uh and i think that you know i i think that it was effective um at what it was trying to do um and i think that its influence is definitely um seen throughout um you know future future films. Um, like, I mean, I can definitely feel like the, the Heather vibe, um, that Heather Chandler, Heather Chandler vibe, um, in, uh, the, um, uh, Hillary Swank's character in Buffy. Like you can definitely feel like the, the, 
the direct influence of of that writing in the way that um, that Hilary Swank's character in Buffy is written. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that from the standpoint of um, the writing itself with inside of the context of the film, you know, it, it feels a little forced. Um, it definitely feels a little theatrical. I'll absolutely agree with Katie on that. Um, but I think that its influence is, is where its strengths really lie. Yeah. Um, I actually have a question here. It might be our, our last one with the time we got left, but um, we, we've, you know, talked about how this movie is like, is a comedy, but you know, deals really lightly. I'm, I'm curious what both, deals really lightly with like, you know, heavy subjects of, you know, teenage suicide, be it real or fake and literal murder. And um, I guess I'm curious both sides on what you think, like, I don't know the, the satire of it all, because we get, you know, the, the teachers meetings and the parents and everything, how effective like the the satire actually is in terms of like i don't know setting someone up from watching this movie in terms of like awareness i i guess that's kind of the question i'm asking yeah katie yeah i'm not sure what if anything they're trying to make us aware of um Mm -hmm. i think it's really cynical to to have the state like to basically be saying like teenagers who commit suicide become really popular post death and everybody loves them and talks about how great they were because like, I mean, I don't want to get too heavy, but like I've been to high schools where that has happened and the reaction, I mean, I know, again, I know it's satire. I know this isn't supposed to be like super heavy and dramatic and stuff, but I just feel like that's just, it's not an accurate satire in my opinion. I feel like people aren't, turned into martyrs in the way that they are in this book and and I mean in this movie and I feel like you know suicide letters aren't like read out loud to the whole school and like published on like I don't know it just it seems very um flippant kind of about the Mm. subject yeah Russell yeah, so um, I, I I kind of agree with Katie here. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be defending the movie, but like I don't, I know, right? Um, I don't think that it actually is. Um, I don't think the satire is particularly effective. Um, you know, I um, I do recognize that uh, a lot of times when somebody commits suicide, it it ends up being um, you know, there is a lot of talk about like, um, not expecting it. Um, there's a lot of talk about, um, about like how, oh, but they were so happy, um, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of kind of denial of the situation of what's really happening. So I don't really feel like it actually captures, um, or even, uh, like captures or satires, um, uh, properly, uh, the reactions that happen as a result of, of teen suicide or just suicide in general. Um, and um, so I think from that standpoint, I, I, I don't necessarily think that the satire works. I think the cluelessness of the, of the adults um, and the way that they're interacting, I think is actually fairly effective um, uh, satire only because it's a hard subject to deal with. And as educators, like, it, it would be really hard 
to find the right thing to say. And I think that that's really kind of what they were trying to say from the satire um, of the adults. Um, you know, it, every adult in this in entire movie is a caricature, right? They're not real characters. They are caricatures of, um, uh, of archetypes of people that are, that we've all known, right? Um, you know, taken to an extreme, right? Um, especially as, as children, uh, and, and teenagers, we've all known like the hippie, uh, English teacher. Um, and maybe speaking about my English teacher, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the hard ass coach, um, you know, uh, so we all know these like stereotypes, um, and archetypes. And I think that that's what they were going for, for at least the adult characters. Okay. Um, Katie, I saw you had your hand up. Uh, yeah, I just, Russell made a really good point that I kind of wanted to reiterate. Like, I feel like you, you definitely don't, it feels like all of the people in this movie, every time a, a big air quotes suicide occurs, um, nobody seems to question it. They're, they're all just like, oh, I guess they were really unhappy and I just didn't know. Like, wow, that's really deep. They were so deep and interesting. And I feel like in reality, when something like that happens, um, people tend to go into super denial mode and they talk about like, well, you know, what? why would they want to do that? They had everything going for them. I don't understand. It sounds stupid. Like, And, they, and then some, sometimes it ends up even people like saying mean or hurtful things about the person that committed suicide. So I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think the satire landed very well, um, at least to, to me now in 2020. Yeah. Um, I think, Russell, unless you got anything you want to close with, maybe? No, I think I think we've Set covered most of the... Yeah. Um, okay, well, very good. That means we're about a time to unmask. And so uh, let's talk about how we really feel. Um, maybe something that all the characters in the movie needed, wanted as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, Russell, would you like to go first? Um, so I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this movie. Um, like, I, I, I enjoy it, um, but I am angry at myself for enjoying it because there's so much, like, we didn't even get into, like, the 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 using uh you know the double suicide yeah. uh, murder suicide and and saying that they're gay and the way that they show that they're gay is other than the you know gay porn mineral water yeah. and so like we didn't even get into any of that so like i like this movie i enjoy it when i watch it because it's escapist like kind of fun and i really hate using that term too uh to describe this movie but like it's a little bit of like escapism because like well of course nobody's gonna actually do this um at least not to that mm -hmm. extent um and um so yeah it's love hate like i watch it occasionally when i'm kind of in the mood for something dark and cynical <laughs> right uh katie I really like this movie. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think the roasting points that I brought up, I do think that they're valid, but it it's not enough for me to not like this movie. I don't love this movie so much that I could watch it any at any time. I think 
honestly, I like individual moments in this movie more than just sitting down and watching the whole thing mm-hmm. at once. Um, but overall, I think it's very funny and has really amazing like one-liners throughout the whole thing um the wardrobes are ridiculous i i'm i really like the overall vibe of this movie and i think i think the goal of this movie was to kind of um throw a wrench into the string of super positive bubbly teen like john hughes movies that were coming out uh up until that point um so for that i can appreciate somebody trying to to you know have some some dark humor in there um so yeah it's not like the best movie ever but i enjoy it nice uh casey first time yeah i think if i had maybe some nostalgia attached to it like if i had seen it when i was younger i might like it more but i think in the current era it just felt a little gross at times like I didn't hate it but I probably won't watch it again like if I want you know rebellious Winona I'll probably go for Beetlejuice and if I want revenge against the popular clique I'll probably go for like a Mean Girls or The Craft I just I think there's other movies that it made me want to watch more than anything else right um, yeah, I, I watched this a few years ago for the first time. Uh, and I remember liking it more than I did this time around. Um, I think that it, it like the other movies from the eighties, we we're kind of mentioning the John Hughes stuff. It, it just is a little like, Oh, or like overwrought the way Russell is putting it, I think is how I felt about it. Like every line was a little too perfect for, you know, high school kids. Also, all these people look like they're like 25 years old. Um, <laughs> And, and, and yeah, and I think it does just kind of lightly gloss over some really serious topics. Um, but that being said, um, I think Winona Ryder is very, very good in it. And I do think I did like the, like the, you know, the teacher meeting scenes. I thought those were actually, those were like the strongest part of the satire for me of them, like being very like, well, they can, we can't just send them home all day and, um and and yeah and i think obviously like there's been more uh things that have happened in the real world that you know i think a movie like this hasn't aged particularly well in terms of you know like school shootings and violence and other things like that and so um yeah it is a little bit it's from you know maybe simpler times not even simpler times just less scary times um but yeah i I, it's got its moments like katie was saying but i also you know don't feel my i i I think it slows down towards the second half i got tired halfway through it um yeah it's all right that's where i'm gonna land (laughs) it's it's fine like i don't know why this story is what's they're making a Broadway musical about like, I just think that's silly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Did we learn nothing from the failed TV series of this movie? Okay. So that actually not to go too off track. I was looking on YouTube and I saw that there was, there was a trailer for a series in 2018. And I was like, mm-hmm. I've literally never heard of a Heather's TV wow. series. I'll, I'll give some more info in the extended play, but it was a whole debacle. Ah, it was yeah. a whole debacle. Good plug. <laughs> um, 
but uh but yeah we'll talk about that stuff later in the extended play everybody and that'll do it for this um our uh heather's episode everyone um and so yeah as we mentioned we'll keep talking it'll be in our extended play which is our post show just for our patreon supporters so head over there to 24 flames pod at gmail.com that's not what i even that's not even the right thing patreon.com slash 24 flames pod good gravy mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah head over there Help support the show. Get a bunch of good stuff. Hot takes, drink alongs, extended plays. Um, and yeah, if you here's the time for the right, what I just said. If you got thoughts about Heathers and you want us to know about them, email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on social media, 24flamespod. Go and uh, throw us a follow. Slide in our DMs. Maybe. don't Maybe don't do that. I don't know. Um, just to say hi and what up and uh, see when new episodes are coming out. And uh, yeah, everybody. Um, we are gonna do more show. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Damn, my brain's melting. It's still hot out. I'm dying. Um, but, uh, but yeah, wherever you listen to podcasts, go and listen, <laughs> subscribe and review it. Rate, give us a rating. <laughs> more people can find the show. You're doing great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> And it helps us make the show better, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or Good Pods or what have you. Go and, go and subscribe. Uh, there's a whole bunch more episodes, over 150 episodes of the show now you can go listen to. Um, and uh, yeah, so all that being said, this episode of 24 Flames Per Second is produced and hosted by me, Robert Spiewak, co-hosted by Casey Rom. The one-on-one panels this week on the roaster, the, on, the roaster, God, Katie Bennett. <laughs> On the defense is Russell Hay. Our show music composed, produced, and performed by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. And our networking co-op, Party Fish Media, is produced by Quasi Phillips, Will Paulson, and myself. Everybody, and uh, next week, we are continuing, um, as I mentioned this earlier in the episode, we're continuing with more uh, teen angst-ish angst-ish movies. They're all teen angst movies. Um, we're doing Lady Bird next week. Um, as we just keep, uh, we're kind of bouncing. We should have done them in like chronological order. And so we would have gone, I think this one first and then 10 things I hate about you and then lady bird. Um, but, uh, but we didn't do that. We're jumping all over the place. So, um, come back next week, uh, for that, uh, it should be a good one. It is a good one. We recorded it yesterday. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, everyone, thanks for so much for listening and for bearing with me through this damn outro, the worst one I've ever done in my whole life. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, to, thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.